0: Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, Carrie Lynn Hotson, who holds a Bachelor of Arts in Law and Psychology. Wow, those are sure a contradiction of terms, those two. She's a certified human resources leader, accredited, and and is a graduate of interest-based meditation training. So what a difference she has in her background, what a difference she brings to the business world. She has 25 years of experience as a coach, a facilitator, and a leader, including seven years as a senior human resources manager with extensive experience addressing workplace issues and organizational changes. Hotson's expertise in interviewing, onboarding, and training, inform, and training informed her interview coaching business, jobinterviewcoach.ca. What Hodson gleaned from meeting candidates, learning about their skills and abilities, and gaining insights into what they are seeking to leave their current employment has been integrated in her book, Knowing Who You Lead. Welcome, Carrie Lynn.
1: Hi, how are you? So, how just you? one small clarifier I mediate, I don't meditate because ah, <laughs> I don't know if I know how to meditate. <laughs>
0: well, there we go. My eyes are looking at things differently that way. <laughs> oh, you know, I think. A sense of humor is very important Absolutely, everything moving forward. Uh, mediation is, is a very important skill and something that you need to do, and certainly in the business world. Yes. So, so why is it so important that leaders get to know the people they are leading?
1: Well, it's pivotal. I mean, as we know, a lot of organizations are dealing with labor shortages, they're pl- dealing with issues of employee retention, and even employee attraction, trying to find the right players for their teams. Um, so I do a lot of work with leaders to explain, let's figure out who's on this team. Let's figure out how to leverage them. Do they feel involved in your organization? And if we can instill some of that then they're more likely to stay with your team and even attract other players.
0: Oh, I think that's huge there. You know, knowing who you lead and how to lead, mm-hmm. obviously is a fulcrum point in any business to move it forward.
1: Right. Um And so the work that I do with organizations, I have a lot of fun. I love working with people. I love engaging in conversation. And I always use kind of a team analogy or sports analogy. I'm from Canada, so I always use hockey, but you can apply any team. Um, And I think something that organizations are realizing is that the executives and the owners have put a lot of work into creating these incredible strategic plans. They've got all these different processes and things that they think will work. But it's kind of like the game book that if the coaches and the players haven't even read it, or they have no idea what they're supposed to do to help win the games, then they don't feel very engaged. And then the people that wrote the book get really upset because nothing's happening. We're not winning games. We're not, um, you know, hitting our product margins, and we're not beating the our competition. And they're starting to lose employees because stats show now, if I don't feel engaged in this team, if I don't feel valued, if you're not inspiring me or helping develop me, I'm going to go to another team. I'm going to leave.
0: Yeah, I think that's very important these days. I think right now we're dealing with a day of collaboration. And if we don't have collaboration and buy it, I I think it's so easy for people to pick up their, their marbles and move on to the next person.
1: I love it. You're absolutely right. Um, So what I did in my book was I took a lot of my experiences because I have literally been that leader and coach struggling, trying to get the team synergy going, trying to attract and retain people. I was also the one running those leadership training courses that you've gone on that you think, yeah, great, Carolyn, awesome theory. But when I go back to the office, I have no idea how to do this. I don't have time to do it. It doesn't work with the team players I have. So what I tell my readers is I'm not here to teach you your game. You you know it. You You know your game very well. You know your organization well. You know what you need to do. You know the processes. What I'm here to do is help you engage in those conversations that we need to have with key players to figure out what's going on. It could be conflicts that have literally gone on for years that nobody has mediated, And they've caused mistrust. That's a big one in organizations. It could be that your employees don't even know what your mission and vision are. So they don't know what path we're trying to take. They don't know what what role they play on it. Um, Your leaders may need some help in learning more about the people that they're leading. Maybe their listening skills aren't the best. Or often leaders think they're doing a great job. I mean, they're using all these strategies and they can't figure out why it doesn't work. And what we need to do is talk to the players and say, is it working? And if it doesn't work, what do you need to make it work? And just helping people have those conversations.
0: Yeah. And I think central to this is leadership style. Is it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: And I think, you know, I tell people like, think about the best leaders you've ever had. What were the things that you want to emulate? And then think about things that you maybe don't want to emulate in your own leadership. And sometimes we're trying so hard to do it and we think we're doing well. And in my book, I give lots of examples where I thought I was doing it well, but it turns out I wasn't. You need to check back with the people that you're leading. That requires you to be vulnerable, it requires you to understand your own leadership, and it requires that you be open to feedback. It also involves that we need to do some trust building with your organization because. I might not know you really well as a leader. And when you say, so what do you think of my leadership style? Is it working for you? Uh, Am I really going to give you the honest answer? It kind of depends.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I think people would fudge that answer based (laughs) on on what answer you want rather than the answer that's real.
1: Right. And then that doesn't do anything for the organization. I actually just worked with a client and that was kind of the issue that was coming up. When they looked at their own performance indicators, everybody had said they were doing a great job. So as a leader, they think they're doing a great job, but then there's conflicts coming up and it doesn't make any sense. So then what we tend to do is we blame the other person. Well, everybody else likes my leadership style. So something there's obviously something wrong with you. Then what we do is we tend to trade them. We send them to another team. We send them to another part of the organization. When we want to hire new employees, we like to hire ones that are the same as us, the ones that think the same as us and act the same as us. But that actually doesn't improve the team. So we need to get to some of the root issues and help everybody grow.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think there is a basic principle of of keys is that uh, many people reach a level of what's called incompetence, and they stay there. They can't move upward. They can't move downward. So they move laterally. So that's a big problem with a lot of hierarchies we have there.
1: Yeah, I mean, my business is called Inspiring Organizational Growth. And I really think that there's a potential in every employee. Often what we've done, though, is that we haven't job, like connected their skills to the job that we have them in. They're in a job, and I'll give you a quick example. We have someone who needs to be very data analytic. They need to be very proficient in what they're doing, work all by themselves, not create any errors. And so then we pick someone for the job that everybody likes. It's really social, who loves to collaborate and talk to people, who's really good at, you know, visionary thinking, jumping from this to this. And then they don't do well in the job. Well, because they weren't suited for the job so it's not that they don't um we can't leverage them as an awesome team player we don't want them to get discouraged but we might need to rethink where we have them working in the organization we need to leverage their skills
0: well, that's huge are there other leadership realizations that you share in the book
1: <laughs> yeah lots <laughs> um i'm pretty open and i'm willing to admit when i didn't do things well so And kind of along that same line, often we lead the way we want to be led. Um, And unfortunately, if I don't understand what you need as an employee, then I'm not meeting your needs. So I had um, people that were fairly introspective. They needed time to think about things. They want to reflect on stuff. And if I'm just asking you in a meeting, because I'm really verbal and interactive, so what's your ideas? So what's your ideas? They're not giving me any because they want time to think about it. I didn't even know this was coming up in the meeting. Where's the agenda for this? Where's this going? What's the intent of it? And I wasn't giving them any of that. So good for them. You know, they gave me the follow the follow up and the feedback and I changed the way I did things. I need to structure it more. It's not my strength. And this is where leaders need to know what's your strengths and what are those cautionary behaviors I'm not great at details, but people that work with me, they need specific detail. So I've got to give it to them.
0: I I think meetings are a very important part of the structure. And I think people have to think about their meetings beforehand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've I've learned a long time ago, if you don't have an agenda for a meeting, you really don't have a meeting. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm hmm. And then another piece that I move into as well is. How are you now leading in a hybrid or remote setting? How are you hosting those meetings? Because unfortunately, when you think about it, we used to have meetings where everybody would come in 10 minutes before we'd all have our coffee. We'd chit-chat about the kids the weekend, what each was doing. You got a good feel for this person's dog died. I need to check in with them. Now we log in two seconds before we go live. We sit half of the time. We don't even have our cameras and mics on. Someone just talks you know, barks out the orders or whatever it is, and we're done. And then everybody's on to their next meeting. And so what it's done is it's really taken a lot of that ability for leaders to get to know their people away. Um, So now I'm giving you strategies on how we kind of need to reinstill that, because the reality is a lot of these people are leaving and they may have been thinking about leaving months ahead, but you had no idea. You didn't know. And then they're gone.
0: Yeah, I think we've made some big mistakes in in some of the things, and unfortunately, those mistakes are going to compound as Uh we keep this world going where we stay virtual rather than we move back to an in-office setting.
1: Yeah, well, and that's so interesting too, because that's another really great discussion I've had with leaders because some leaders want it to go back to the way it was. I knew how to lead really effectively in that setting. I want it to go back. Everybody come back to the office. We'll get this energy going. I can do this. But you're, it's not about what you need. It's about what the people you're leading need. What do they need? They may need flex. They may need hybrid. They may need remote. Whatever it is, the challenge in leadership The privilege in leadership is the fact that you have to adjust and you have to engage in new ways of doing things, but we're all busy. And as leaders, you're trying to do your own processes and work. And I don't know how to get engagement going. So that's why you pull people like me in. We come in and we help you. And I give the analogy, I sit right on the bench with you. I'm going to coach right on the bench. I'm going to watch the team on the ice. We're going to see what's going on. We're going to call timeouts. We're going to adjust things, pivot, introduce new strategies, and then we're going to get feedback from the players at the end of the game. How did it go? And then we're going to keep going and we're going to get wins because everybody's going to know what we're trying to do and why.
0: Yeah, that, that is certainly a shift in leadership concept. I, I mean, it used to be that a leader used to be at the top barking orders Hmm. now he has to not just bark orders he's got to take the feedback from his the team that he's leading and, and move the puck forward so to speak
1: exactly and I mean leaders come in with all different dynamics all different strategies all different strengths and they're all important I think sometimes though organizations especially at the top level will have Basically, they've created um, a team of executives or owners that lead the same way. And so now part of change management is let's introduce some different leadership styles or let's engage some different leadership styles because that's how we get innovation. We diversify. We become inclusive. We look at different things, hear different things. And it's amazing what can happen. Um, And so really the work that I do is just to help people see some of the changes. I'm going to give you some quick wins. It doesn't take long. People want to be engaged. So if we give them opportunities to share their ideas, show you things they're thinking about, and you listen, all of a sudden, we've got people very interested in helping your organization win.
0: Now, that's huge. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're saying that leadership coaching and not only improve your team, but you can improve your organization's profit margin as well. And profit margin is something every organization needs.
1: Absolutely. And that's actually the direct work that I'm doing with business right now. My program is called Retention Accelerator. And the whole intent behind it is, let's look at your organization. Let's identify where your pressure points are. And by engaging and retaining the right people, We're going to leverage your employees and increase your profits. I absolutely guarantee it.
0: That's huge. I mean, I don't know if there's anything guaranteed in life except death and taxes, but here's another guarantee you're giving.
1: And I think if people don't really believe it, think of any sports team you've seen. Any team that you've seen on the ice that's struggling or on the field. If they can get that coach and that team energized, if they can engage the right players on that team to help lead and train and mentor other people, all of a sudden the team starts doing better. And other team players get interested in joining that team. That's what starts to happen. And then you start winning games or at least scoring or winning the quarter or winning the period. And it creates a synergy.
0: Yeah. Like last year in hockey, the Montreal Canadiens were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. The Toronto Maple Leafs were ahead three games to zero. Montreal came back and won that series seven games uh, because people had buy-in and there was great leadership.
1: And part of it too is making sure that the players know what their role is. Sometimes, like when I gave that analogy about the game book, You know, if it's just a bunch of pages and we just keep flipping and nobody really knows which play we're on or what my role is in this play, it's very hard for everyone to pivot and feel engaged. But if we've done some pre-game strategy, some pre-game communication about what we're trying to do, that makes a big difference too. And for organizations, that is something that um, I love becoming engaged in because we create a big strategic plan and we put it out. And then at the end of the year, we do an annual report. But if you asked 50%, 70% of your employees, they have no idea what the mission, vision, values of the organization are. They didn't even know there was a strategic plan, let alone what part they played in it. And now they're being asked to give indicators of how they hit the measurements. I don't know. I was just at work. So already we can see areas where we could very quickly make some changes.
0: Oh, that's huge. Well, Carrie Lynn, this show is called the How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. Mm -hmm. How can you live a fantastic life through proper leadership?
1: Leadership, I think, is an honor and a privilege. It's uh, an opportunity we're being given really to mentor people, to train people, to inspire people. That can be pretty fulfilling if you find yourself with the opportunities to do it. And when people start giving you feedback and saying, you made a difference for me, you taught me something, I'm staying with the organization because of you. Wow. Those are those are experiences you're never going to forget.
0: That's pretty huge. And I, I think that is where our leadership has to pay attention to this. Anybody that's in a leadership role needs to literally pay attention to the role they're playing as a leader. It's not just simple uh, that you pay write the, your name on the paychecks and sign the paychecks every week. It's really important that you do the things that you do to lead that team forward.
1: Yeah, and a lot of teams are getting younger. I mean, you know, a lot of your corporate knowledge has left either through retirement or people leaving. So this is really your opportunity. People, Some people are nervous about it. I think this is a fantastic opportunity. We're in a pivot. Organizational change. So let's do it. And if you need some help, reach out. And I'll sit on the bench with you. And I'll observe from the bleachers. And I'll figure out what's going on. And we'll develop some new team strategies.
0: So how do organizations need to pivot their hiring and onboarding processes in order to retain employees?
1: So, yeah, coming from HR, I wrote thousands of interview questions and I had um, dozens and dozens of competitions for different positions. I think it starts right from the very beginning. What does your website say about your organization? Do I understand who I'm joining? And guess what? The first thing I'm going to do as a potential employee is I'm going to do my research. I'm going to talk to your employees I'm going to say, oh, it says here that one of your values is to inspire your employees. So do they do that? How do, how do they inspire their employees? And if your employees can't answer that, they're not branding for your own company, which means they're not attracting people to your company. And that's where hiring and retention starts. And then you asked about onboarding. Well, that's really important too. Don't just give me a list of things that I have to be trained in and things I have to do. Give me the why. Spend some time figuring out who I am. Understand who I am as an employee. What are my needs? What are my interests? Because if you do that, then you're going to be able to leverage that information and use it to your advantage as an organization. And you'll be able to retain me.
0: That's huge, Carrie Lynn. I, I think that's that's something that you are really speaking to the converted how do you speak to the unconverted on this because there's a lot of people that are naysayers out there and saying you know I've done it this way all my life why should I change now
1: because they already have the answers they already know why they need to change um I love working with naysayers they they don't um yeah it doesn't scare me at all I'll just smile um and I start to ask questions so tell me about your organization um, if you were to think about your own retention and how many employees that you've lost in the last two years, would it be 5%, 10%, 20%? And then I also have a retention calculator, which um if you're talking profit lines and you're talking business and numbers, this is going to make it very clear. Let's see how much it costs to hire and retain a new employee, how much training, how much equipment, how much time lost in productivity? How much overtime did you have to pay because that person was gone? How much did you have to pay the other person to train this person? How long does it take that person to get to 100%? So how much is it actually impacting your bottom line to lose one person? And then how many did you say you lost? 10, 20? So how much is that impacting the bottom line? If you want to increase it and you want to increase profits and stay competitive, let me help you.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Mm -hmm. Carrie
0: Lynn, if you met a younger version of yourself along the way, how would you uh, recommend they change their views on leadership to get to where you are now?
1: I would have told them to read my book first. (laughs) (laughs) First first of all, you would have
0: read your book and you would have written your book and made sure all the thought processes
1: were there. Yes. Um, Which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Um, I read a lot of leadership books and I think where I got stuck was in the theory of leadership. I understood all these different leadership styles and I knew all the different processes and things. And I was very, very excited about it. And then leadership is really hard and you're super busy trying to do all your own work plus lead people. And it's exhausting and you don't know how to deal with all the conflicts. And I would have told myself to take a deep breath and I would have told myself, find somebody that can help you because leadership can feel very lonely and very frustrating at times. And sometimes you need somebody outside of the organization because organizational trust. I don't know if I can lean on you as another leader in my organization and tell you how I'm faltering. Maybe, maybe not, but there's so many people on the outside that are there and are really skilled to help you. And I had no idea. I had never heard of leadership coaching. I I didn't know anything about it.
0: That's pretty important. And, and, you know, I've always said one of the shortcuts to getting to success is to have coaches in your life. What's your what's your take
1: on that? Oh, I completely agree. Um, You know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And I think it's all about growth and stay curious. Curiosity is the best because if you stay curious, then hmm, I wonder if there's a different way to do that or you hear someone's feedback differently. It's not a criticism. It's not meant to shame or embarrass. It's just to give you a different insight, a different perspective. So get curious about it. What else could you learn? What's another way to do it? How can I try something different? How can I get other feedback? And then you just, it's a momentum. Now you want to learn more and you want to engage more people and you keep growing and other people see it.
0: I think one of the greatest things that coaches offer and and the the greatest sign of the greatest coaches is that they're curious about things and want to improve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I'll be honest, at the beginning of the book, I say, like, if you've read the first chapter and you're already saying, oh, I already know this. Yeah, I already do this. Yeah, no, thank you. Then put the book down because it really has been written for leaders that want to be curious leaders who are willing to be vulnerable, who I know want the best for their organizations. They just need a little bit of help. That's what it's for.
0: That's huge. And thank you again for being on the show today. How can people find out more about your world and how can they get a copy of your book?
1: For sure. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, very active and engaged there, Carrie Lynn Hodson. My web- hey, can, you,
0: can you spell that, please, Carrie Lynn? Because not everybody spells that the same.
1: Nope. My mom gave me a long name. It's Carrie Lynn, C-A-R-R-I-E hyphen L-Y-N-N. And my last name is Hot Sun. Like I have a hot sun. Actually, I have three of them. H-O-T-S-O-N. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my website for my book is KnowingWhoYouLead.com, And my business is called Inspiring Organizational Growth.
0: And what's the name of your book, so everybody can get it on on, you, on one of the services out there?
1: For sure. Um, so my book is called Knowing Who You Lead, and it, it helps leaders understand the important issues about why you need to understand just what's happening with your employees and how you can better engage and retain them. Well, thank
0: you so much for being here today. I'm sure our audience will get a lot of information about leadership here and take it forward.
1: Right. It was a pleasure meeting with
0: you. It was my pleasure completely. Thank you again for being on this show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if we can help you with your, your life or your business as well, please check out my website, Dr. D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A dot com. Look forward to talking to you soon. Bye for now.